We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. Father God, we, we do love you and we do thank you and we do trust in your Word and its truths. Lord, we do trust in your ability, not the ability of man. And God, we ask for a divine understanding as we begin to be challenged that, God, you're not a good God. And that we see many people struggling with faith in a time of murder and, and strife. But God, we know that your word is truth and your word teaches that you are a good and righteous God. And I pray this morning that uh, those here would be encouraged by your word and by its truth. And Lord, I know that in my inabilities, this message will fall short. There's so many things in your word that teaches of your goodness and of your loving kindness and and God, I just pray that You would fill me and empower me with the Holy Spirit, that I might speak Your truth, that I might accurately handle the Word of God, and that Your people and those listening this morning would be encouraged by Your Word. And I ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. May 18th, 1927. Was there anybody here alive during that time? Okay, I didn't think so, but I figured it would be worth asking. In Bath Township, Michigan, 38 elementary students were bombed and killed, with most of the victims being between the second and sixth grade. The bomber was a school board treasurer, Andrew Kehoe, age 55. 1966, in the state of Texas, a young man by the name of Charles Joseph Whitman, also known as the Texas Sniper, went on a shooting rampage located in and around the tower of the University of Texas where he gunned down 13 people and wounded 32 others from the 28th floor of a building. April 16, 2007, in Blacksburg, Virginia, at Virginia Tech, we encountered the second largest school shooting in history, which took the lives of 32 people and wounded 17 in the process. This was the largest shooting incident that's taken place in U.S. history by a single gunman. April 20th, 1999 in Jefferson County, Colorado at Columbine High School. And many of us remember that day as we watched on the news as these events unfolded as there were two senior students that went into a school and, and killed 12 students and one teacher injuring also 21 others. In the most recent, on December 14, 2012, just a few days ago in, in Newtown, Connecticut, a gunman killed 22 children and 6 adult staff members at Sandy Hook Elementary School before taking his own life. And this was the second most deadliest shooting 
in the U.S. history in the school system. 28 people last week or this week early stepped into eternity on that day. And the reason that I bring this up this morning is because I have been flooded with emails. I have been flooded with Facebook posts of people desiring, Pastor, can you give me some scriptures that I can encourage people? People are challenging my faith because of what's taken place on Friday the 14th. They want to know questions like, how can I have faith in a God that could do something like this? How can I have faith in a good... How can a good God possibly allow something like this to take place? And as I truly struggled within my own spirit of of this event, and all of these parents that have presence under the Christmas tree for these children who are no longer on this earth. I thought, boy, I better come up with something through Scripture that will encourage people, that will show that God is still a good God in the midst of tragedy. Now, God doesn't need me to defend Him. His Word is sufficient for that. And this Bible, throughout it, shows the goodness of God. But I want to begin this morning by... Uh, addressing the idea of evil. You know, evil has existed from the beginning of time. At least, the beginning of the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. There when two perfect beings that God created to have friendship and fellowship with Himself ate of the forbidden fruit. And that day, just like God predicted, men died. Their souls begin to wither, their bodies begin to fade, and their hearts begin to be corrupt. And today, every man's heart is wicked above all else. Who can know it? But I want to tell you this morning, just because evil exists in our day does not prove that God is a bad God. This whole school shooting is not something that is new, obviously, as we look through a time lapse of time as we've seen event after event after event unfold before our eyes and throughout history. This has existed from the 1927s and probably before then. Evil has always existed then you couldn't blame these murders on video games. Guess what? I don't even think Atari existed then. You couldn't blame it on bad movies. I, I don't know when they came out with TV, but I don't think it was the 20, 1927. People are evil. It's not the cause of video games. It's not because of movies. It's because their heart is evil above all. The Bible claims that God is a good God. That God has nothing to do with evil. He can't be tempted by it. As a matter of fact, in the book of James, it says here in James 1.13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. And Himself does not tempt anyone. The problem of pain has truly existed before the, since the fall of man. <coughs> But that wasn't God's design from the beginning of time. As we see a relationship, 
and God enjoying His fellowship with Adam and Eve as they walked and talked in the Garden of Eden. He created a perfect people that would live forever, sinless. And He, God, said when I created man, He created them perfectly. In all that He created, He said it was very good. So why do good things happen, or why do bad things happen to good people? Why is it that bad things happen to good people? Why is it that a man, however old he was, 20 years old, can walk into an elementary school and annihilate 22 children and adults? The truth is, bad things do happen to good people. But I want to ask you this morning, is there a common strain of Scriptures that will teach you that we as Christians will never experience hardship, tragedy, suffering, persecution, murder in this life? Is there a strain of Scriptures that teach that? And the reality is no. Because when I read it, I see something different. I see there in the book of Psalms 34, 19, it says again, like we looked at last week, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You see, we look at life in the moment, in the present tense, right now, our own little worlds, in the the span of our existence. But God, on the other hand, looks at life in an eternal perspective. God is not bound by my time. He's not bound by your time. Neither is He bound by the clock of humanity. Many times we miss things like God is all-knowing. We miss things like God is all-powerful and God is omnipresent and, and God is eternal. He's not bound by our time. And He works all things out for His glory and for His good, even when tragedy strikes. Still yet, God allows us as human beings to make choices in life. Scripture even teaches then though in Psalm in Proverbs 16:9 that that man plans his way but God directs his paths. So while we are not puppets on a string but people created with free will abilities to choose to do right from wrong, sometimes we do good and great things for people. But let us not miss the thought that sometimes we choose to do horrible things. Sometimes we choose to do horrible things to ourselves, and some we choose to do on behalf of others. And so we must remember that Scripture teaches that mankind is evil. Mark 7.21 goes as far as to say this, from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts. Fornications, thieves, murderers, idolaters. And so we know that these things are not of God, but of man. God hates evil. He's hated it from day one. 
And one day He promises to remove the evil in which exists in our culture, in our country, and in our world, and remove His people from it. If we simply take a look at the Ten Commandments of Scripture, looking at Exodus chapter 20, verse 13, it says right there, Thou shalt not murder. Mark 12, 31 says, Jesus says, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But sometimes we have men who are driven by the evil one to do things that God does not approve of. But just because God allows these things to happen in our lives and the peoples around us doesn't mean that God supports them or that God is no longer in charge or on the throne. He's not lost control. Matthew 10.28 tells us this, Do not fear those who can kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God is a good God. And while this world is going to hell in a handbasket, it's because there are many who are not of God. These events that unfolded on Friday are not from God, but very opposed in Scripture. They are from men who are turned over to a depraved mind because of their desire to follow the flesh. <clears throat> you see, we want to take God from the schools. We want to make it a, 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 plague, a pagan place because anywhere God doesn't exist is pagan. Many of our children are taught pagan ideas in school about the God of this creation. We allowed our kids to be taught pagan ideas about evolution and be mocked that their God that they believe in does not even exist. Now, I know that's not in every classroom, but in many classrooms it is. We encourage condoms to be passed out to children, making it acceptable to, to do these things before marriage. We want to let it be okay to to watch our kids silenced on the idea of creation so that we can allow our kids to see the foundation of Scripture be ripped from them as children. It should encourage us to teach our kids even more strongly in our society the biblical truths of Scripture. Listen, I want you to understand this morning, in the midst of a pagan society in which we live on, God has the power to save every one of those children's lives. He can take them from a place of pain and a place of suffering in a world that is failing and falling apart before our very eyes and bring them into a place of peace and comfort. 
And in Revelation 21.4, He makes it clear. He says, He will wipe away every tear from their eye and there will no longer be any, any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for the, things that have, the first things have passed away. Does that sound like a bad God? that would go to the extreme of preparing a place that He could remove us from this world which brings about suffering, death, and pain, and murder into a place where we would be comforted. Don't ever, please, confuse God with the enemy. That is what Satan has done for years. He's tried to confuse humanity. He's tried to Tell them a little bit of truth with a little bit of lie. That's what happened in the garden. But John 10.10 begins the process that we see of comfort in giving us hope. The purpose of God is revealed and the purpose of Satan is revealed. As it says here in John 10.10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have life abundantly. You see, the thief is the one that we need to be lashing out at as we see schools being blown up and children being shot and adults being murdered. Not God. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Christ come that we might have life and have life abundantly. Don't we understand that God will bring about judgment to the sins of mankind? God will pour out His righteous judgment on humanity? Because the Bible says there in Romans 3.23, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Man's sin will bring about God's judgment. Your sin... In my sin. And God warns in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 and 9 that someday Jesus will be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These will pay the penalty of eternal destructions away from the presence of the Lord and from His glory of His power when He comes to be glorified in His saints on that day. There comes a a future judgment in which mankind will pay for their sins, those that are not in Christ. But let us not confuse Satan with God. For God will in His timing, which is perfect, take care of all sinful men. But being that we've all sinned, that brings judgment upon all of us and ourselves. So how can then we escape the judgment of God? Today, the message was to be on joy. But many people today are having a hard time with joy. It may not affect your joy, but I can tell you right now, there are 28 people whose joy is being tested this morning. How many of those 28 people are standing in a church service today? I don't know, but their joy is being tested. I want you to know that even in the midst of tragedy, our joy can still be complete. It can still remain. 
And it all looks back to this child, Jesus, that was born into a virgin. They came and lived the perfect life and died for the sins of man. And He made it possible that you and me and even those that experience this tragedy can have joy. This is not a time to to point a finger at a holy and righteous God. A good God that hates sin. That consistently through His Word teaches that sin is not of Him. He can't even be a part of sin. But now is the time that we need to draw closer to Christ. Because Christ has made a way. Psalm 34.18 tells us that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is a time to see the goodness of God. You say, Stuart, how can you see the goodness of God in a mass murder? Well, see, if we look at the present, if we look at the now, it's easy to get caught up. But if we begin to look at what Christ did and we begin to look at the eternal and we begin to see where those children are now, we can still see the goodness of God in the midst of this tragedy. You know, we want it to happen in our time. We want things to take place now. We want to be delivered from things right this very second. But listen, God's not bound to our time. God has the power to save mankind, and that's whom we need to trust in. His desire is not for the temporary purposes. Yes, He can heal you physically. He can heal you mentally. He can heal you. He can stop things. He can do all these things. But eternity is where... You and I can have our peace and our joy. And that only comes from knowing Christ. And knowing that He has conquered death on the cross. You see, we look at death as if we're not Christian sometimes. As if death is, you're dead and you're you're over. It's it. As if we have an evolutionary way of thinking. 1 Corinthians 15.55 says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? You want to know how we can have faith and joy in times like this? Because our peace, our joy comes through Christ. And it's not based off of our circumstances. Our hope, our joy, our peace is found in Christ because He had victory over death. Freedom from earthly pain, freedom from earthly suffering comes from a worldly peace. It's the kind of peace that will fail us, will fail you and anyone who else places their trust in it. True joy is not bound up in our circumstances, but is found in the work of Christ. He has saved us. Those that have trusted in Jesus Christ. Those who are not at the age of accountability. No matter what happens to this flesh in which we are trapped in, our souls, when found in Christ, will live forever because we were bought with a price. John 6 
33 says this, I've told you these things so that you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, it says you will have many troubles. But he says, but take heart. I have overcome this world. Those kids, they may have been killed. The thief may have won the fleshly victory. And yes, while on this earth we are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed, we're perplexed, but we're not despairing. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. Our souls are controlled by the One who rules the nations with a rod of iron, and we are secure in our salvation to those who believe in the name of Jesus Christ. There is no guarantee that no one can walk in this door and start pulling the trigger in this room. And so we have to believe and trust in Christ so that no matter what happens, our joy will remain. You take me out, it's okay. To live is for Christ and to die, Paul says, is to gain. Without Christ, you're right, there is no hope. But He lives. Christ has overcome the world. They may have been taken out of this life, but this life is but a vapor in light of eternity and lasts but for a short second. You want to have faith that is irremovable? a joy that is unstoppable, then it begins with your faith being founded in Christ. Times will be hard for many during this experience. And we must be ready to give an account as Christians for the hope that is within us. We can try to comfort people, but the reality is, is we can't explain evil. All we can explain is the goodness of God to people. And how He has paid a price and He's made a way that we might have life and that life abundantly. While my heart breaks for those children and those families that are part of that. For those teachers and those staff that lost their lives, many standing up for those very children. I can truly say that God is still on the throne. God is still sovereign over everything. And all things work out for His glory and for His good. And everything works together for good to those that are called according to His purpose. Those families will struggle. And they may even question God. And it may even push some away from God. But look, this is where we are headed as a nation, as a world. The Scriptures teach that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And without Christ, we will all want to crawl in a hole. So how can we maintain this joy that God has given us, this trust, this faith, this peace within our very souls in the midst of tragedy? And I submit to you this morning that it can only happen by having faith in Christ. To have a full trust in what Jesus Christ did. I'm at peace. I'm bothered by what's happened. I'm saddened as I look at my children and I'm thinking, wow. I'm sure that those parents sent their kids to school that morning and they thought it was just going to be a regular day of school. 
And many of you send your kids to school. And every day you do that, you think it's just a regular day of school. But there is nothing that would have stopped it from here or there. It could have been our community just like it was their community. The mercy and grace of God is as such that even in the midst of tragedy, we still see His grace. The devil is still evil. God is always still good. But I tell you today, those that are here, those that may be listening via the internet, and those that may be watching this video this morning on Facebook, be sober of spirit. Be on alert because your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking to devour someone. He is the father of lies. And it's His objective to draw each one of us away from the goodness of God in times of trouble. And He uses times such as this, people deceived by the evil one to, to bring about foolish acts of evil actions. He uses them to draw men and women away from God. So we need to remember that this murder, this evil stuff is of Satan and not of God. And one day, sooner than later, He will come back and He will pour out His retribution. And it begs the question for us today, are we lovers of this world? Are we lovers of Christ? Because in James 4, 4 it says, You adulterous people, you do not know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And if we rely on humanity and trust in the world, there is no hope for any of us. If you want a life without God, welcome to the country without God. Because that very event that took place on Friday had nothing to do with God. That's what a world looks like without God. God is a loving, compassionate God who gives merciful, who cares, who loves you, who knows the number of hairs on your head and calls you a child of God if you are in Christ. This what happened is a consequence of unbelief. People have exchanged the truth for a lie. And see the very effects of this. And just as many do not see it fit to acknowledge God any longer, God will give them over to a depraved mind to do things which were not proper, and murder is one of them. We live in a culture and a time that consistently turns away from God. And yet God is the only thing that holds peace together, comfort together, joy together in this country and in this world. And the more we remove God from this country, these classrooms, this nation, we will begin to see an unfolding events that take place between people who are unbelievers, those who are of the faith. We may see this again. Let us not be deceived. This is a, a 
continuing thing that has taken place. Now, are we to fear men? No, we're not. We're to fear God. So that when we do experience something like this, we are of the faith, we are strong, we're founded. You may take away the flesh, but that's okay. My soul loves forevermore. But it may happen again. You know, as I watched it, I saw a guy on television say, hey, make sure you send your kids back to school next week. It'll be more protected than ever. Listen, since 1927 this has been happening. It's a continual thing. And it may take place again. But this place that we need to be focused on is a promised place, it's a prepared place, but yet it's a private and exclusive place. Then and only then when we begin to trust in what God has promised in the work of Jesus, that He came in flesh, lived the perfect sinless life, and He took our place, what we see in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He who knew no sin became sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Christ paid the debt to keep us from the judgment of God, and death no longer has victory over those who are in Christ. We need to continue to pray for the comfort of those people whose Christmas will never be the same. Ever. And continue to pray that God in His great mercy and grace will pour out peace and comfort upon them lives. There's nothing we can do now. The event has happened. But let us begin to spread the great news of Jesus Christ to people that we come in contact contact with every day of our lives and at work so that when the experience happens right here in this community, we can stand on the foundations of the faith that Jesus Christ has bought us with a price. Let us not lose sight that God is always a good God. His ways are always just and His plans have always been to give life. And while Satan, on the other hand, his work is as winning as many as he can to his side, and he is the taker of life, comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We need to be on alert as Christians. And remember, like it says in Psalm 1830, as for God, His way is perfect. And the word of the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for those who will take refuge in Him. So I tell you this morning, take refuge in Christ today and find your joy there. For He is the Prince of Peace and a good and righteous God. Let us pray.